You are listening to the Making Life Groups Great podcast. Life groups are important to the life and health of North Monroe and North Church Bastrop. And this is the podcast designed to help you make your life group great through encouragement, sharing of resources, and having an ongoing conversation about the importance of your life group. And welcome back to the Making Life Groups Great podcast. This is finally episode three. Uh, you got Cody here and... Hey, I'm Kevin. I'm here again. Yep. And uh, finally, we get around to episode three. This is going to be about how to teach a great Bible study. And um, typical to the year 2020, um, just just for documentation's sake, because we're going <laughs> to yeah. listen to this in 20 years and go, what was going on right. on the week of uh, August 30th? Today's the 31st. Um, well, we went through a hurricane. Sure did. And, the hits uh, just keep on coming. <laughs> so we did not meet yesterday on Sunday uh, for life groups or worship. Our Bastrop campus did. Yep. And it was awesome. Got to go worship with those guys. And did y'all do life groups too? We did. We did. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, you know, this is 2020. What what more could we expect? I think there's going to be ice storms. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'd be surprised if Christmas happened at this point. Man. So... <clears throat> Maybe we need to go ahead and do that soon. <laughs> um, well, we want to talk about how to teach a great Bible study. Kevin made a great point yesterday in his sermon about life groups and uh, kind of the importance of that. Share that with us, Kevin. Yeah, uh, the really the basis of the sermon was about reaching people for for Christ. And uh, the graph that I showed during the sermon, if you saw it, if you didn't, it's just percentages of how people are reached. And and really the the most interesting ones were the first one, which was uh, people were uh, invited or, or in the conversation about Jesus was initiated by a pastor or staff. That reaches about zero to three percent of the people, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a pretty telling thing. Um, obviously the most important relationships people have are their friends, their relatives and their associates. That was 75 to 90% of the people that you're going to win. It's in those close intimate relationships, but the really the second highest Cody was small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to win people through those small groups. And that was really next to friends, relatives and associates. That was the most important piece of that graph and um, so that speaks to the importance of your small group is that um, while that that percentage was relatively low it was high compared to the rest of them and Mm -hmm. and how valuable your your life group is to reach um, other people for christ yeah and always keep that that open seat and be inviting people in absolutely that is the most effective thing we can do um well, when it comes to teaching a great Bible study, if you hear nothing else this morning, I want you to hear this. And we're going to give you some good content, but I want you to hear this. You don't have to be the best teacher in the world. If you love and care for your people and the word is evident in your heart and it's coming through your teaching, um, you don't have to be seminary professor, you know, this awesome dynamic preacher to lead a life group and to be effective. If they know you love them, and if they know you're in the Word and, and you're taking the Word seriously, uh, that's going to take you as far as you want to go with it. Don't you think, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, you think about the first preachers and teachers that the church had. None of mm-hmm. them were were seminary trained. They were just a bunch of working class guys mm-hmm. and and who who really bought into the gospel and loved the message and and loved to share it. And that's that's really what you said is the heart behind it. The um, just loving people and and loving the word and, mm-hmm. and wanting to see people transformed by the word is just um, that's really all you need. And yeah. uh, I yeah. think that's I think that's a great point that you make this morning. Yeah. 
So I want to talk about a few different things, uh, two in particular, and then and then we're going to end on kind of what is a good model for uh, leading a Bible study in a life group setting or a small group setting. But the first thing that I think we need to talk about is how to prepare for your life group and your Bible study. Um, and so when it comes to preparation, there's there's a lot of different things. This is where you're going to you, you, okay. Let's just let's just say it. Saturday night <laughs> past eight o'clock is probably not the best time to prepare for a life group. It's definitely the worst time to start preparing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it it really needs to start before that. But I get it. Life is uh, life is busy and. Um, and sometimes emergencies come up. Uh, I know last week there was one of our life groups that, um, you know, the teacher was going to be out and it was kind of last minute. So another teacher filled in kind of last minute. And, um, you know, but you make it work because you know what? We, you're not new to this a lot of times. Yeah. But by the time you become a teacher in a life group or a life group leader, you should have at least exposure to the scriptures and, and enough to, to, uh, to be able to teach in that setting, you, I, you can do it. Yeah, and I would say it really depends too, Cody, on what kind of Bible study you're teaching. Like if you're doing an, right. a video-driven thing um, that doesn't require you a whole lot of study, That's you true. just need to be prepared to facilitate. But if you're doing a, if you're working through a book that you're actually having to teach, then it does require a little bit of time yeah. and, and effort to, yeah. to kind of put into that. And you don't want to start that on Saturday night, right? Right. Um, you know, to to prepare that. So yeah. Um, a lot of times uh, when I've led Bible studies or, and especially when it, when it comes to sermon preparation, which I guess would be an extreme Bible study, we don't expect you to do sermon preparation for your life group, but you know, there's, there's 30, 40 hours put into sermon preparation before, Mm -hmm. you know, there's presentation. And so um, it it just takes time, let it sink in. And you want to, Um, I think we love the word enough to, interact with it like that. Kevin, what have you seen out there when it comes to preparation and the best way to prepare? Well, you know, I think I think what we always want to go for in in preparation is we want to approach it with the the aim of life changing people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's always what we're going to do, but I think sometimes we want to start with that part of it and we have to really be careful where we start because what I've learned and what uh, kind of Bill's taught us through through teaching some of these things to us as a staff, but also um, was able to share some of these with our with our people not too long ago about how to teach the Bible is that the Bible doesn't need interpreting to to make sense. So the Bible interprets itself is what yeah. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we have to dig in. And, and basically what you're doing when you're studying is you're tearing stuff down, you're deconstructing, and then you're putting it all back together. Mm-hmm. And um, there's really three things that 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 make a Bible study a Bible study. And, and I want to give them to you real quick, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. The first one is is observation. First, you've got to you got to look at the, the scripture, read the scripture, and say, "What do I see? Um, what am I looking for?" And you're looking at who's and what's, and and really context is key mm-hmm. in that. I mean, if you're if you're doing a scripture from the Old Testament specifically, you want to look at what God is saying to the the Israelites or the Jews, and mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. that that affected them at the time. And, and context is really really key. And um and so when we come to the scripture, we ask, what are the facts, and how do we how do we we're kind of like detectives, we're looking for clues and yeah. to see yeah. what the context is, and um really to to tear apart the the details of everything, and um and then better observation leads to interpretation because mm-hmm. that's really where the meat of it is. Is we want to figure out what 
in the world does this mean? Yeah. But yeah. we can't do that without seeing the things, um, you know, seeing the context and, and knowing what it actually is saying to begin with. Right. And and with observation, is do you use resources for that or is that just kind of your own personal Yeah, I mean observation questions. primarily is is just asking the questions to the, you know, who, what, where, when, yeah, why. Yeah. Yeah. And just just basically going through it. And what I do is I just take a notebook and I just start writing things mm-hmm. down. And mm-hmm. this is what I see. This is who he's talking to. This is who's talking. This is who this is message is for. Yeah. And you just begin to to formulate that in your own mind. Mm-hmm. Um and then interpretation when you want to actually know, okay, I understand what the context is, but how do I then know what that means from, you know, the the actual benefit of the people? Then you, I kind of look at commentaries or read, see what other people have to say about it because what I see may be one thing, but what somebody else may have a better perspective. Somebody else may know Greek a little bit better than I do or Hebrew, you know, or something like that. And they may be able to lend some, some, some credible, um, you know, meat to that. Yeah. Um, But I think we have to, we have to start with that tearing down process mm-hmm. before we get to. We just want to jump in and interpret scripture. That's right. But you can't just get in and interpret scripture. You have to observe it first and see what it really is. I've seen that a lot. And, and you know, in our culture, we're pretty fast paced yeah. and we want to kind of get to the point. Yeah. And, and, but it's so healthy in that observation phase to slow down and just wrestle with it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, ask those questions, spend some time thinking and, and, Maybe something will come into your heart like, oh, well, I, I remember this is similar in, you know, another book of the Bible and jump over there and wrestle with that a little bit, but really spend some time on it yeah. and, and let it season. It's funny, you know, and we're going to get to the third thing, which is application, because we mm-hmm. all want to know how it applies to our life. And that's really, that's okay. That's a good question, because right. certainly we want to, um, that's where transformation comes from. But I'll just give you a one quick story. Um, if you if you do an observation and an interpretation of, of David and Goliath, which we all know that story, yeah, yeah. Um, growing up, we always were taught, hey, you know, in the story, I'm David and I'm mm-hmm. I'm going out and fighting and I can do anything with God's power and all that kind of stuff. But if you begin to tear it down and you see what is actually going on in the context it is and you learn how to interpret that scripture, you realize that David is actually actually a picture of Christ. Right. And and that we're the we're the scared Israelites over there not wanting to fight the giant right, and, and right. he's fighting the giant for us. Yep. And so it's just simply those kind of simple things mm-hmm, that that mm-hmm. observation and interpretation will begin to open up your eyes and see things and see scripture a little bit differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but then that last thing I mentioned was application because mm-hmm. we're all after application and life group yeah. really is about that application. You want to you want to help them um, formulate the Bible and put the Bible into real life. And so here you ask the question, well, all right, I've torn it down and I've interpreted it now how does it work how can i really yeah. truly apply it to my life where it doesn't stretch what the bible's trying to say but mm-hmm. it actually does make sense because what we do know and and this is so valuable is that the bible while it's an ancient document is living and active according mm-hmm. to hebrews and it's mm-hmm. still relevant to us today and if if nothing else then it's going to it's going to it's going to show us how to live i mean yeah. the yeah. psalmist tells us that over and over again so the bible becomes becomes revealed the application becomes revealed through that interpretation but i think it's a three-step process that you really can't dance around it you can't no. go straight to application right which right. we like to do like oh, you yeah. said but yeah. um but really observation interpretation and application are the the three keys yeah and as much as you can with the context even visualize what it may have been like you know try to think through that as best you can 
Uh, Bill always tells us to feel, feel yeah, it, and that's yeah. really a, a good way to say it. Right. The whole time, I think uh, this is all in a spirit of prayer too. You know, mm-hmm. the, you got to start by asking God. Say, God, please show me what is is here yeah. and w- what you were doing then, what you want to do now. Uh, kind of cover it in prayer. That is good, good Absolutely. stuff. Observation, interpretation, application. Right. Good stuff. Let's talk about, I'll switch gears a little bit, and we're going to uh, talk about presentation. Now, when it comes to presentation, uh, there, there are different styles. And you have a style that is probably your gifting. Uh, it's unique to you. Um, now, there's there's categories that we would all fit into one or the other. But you, you have one that works for you. Um, some of those, let me, let me give you a few styles and these are not, um, uh, exhaustive by any means, but I think I have four here. One style of, of teaching is lecture style where the teacher talks and everybody listens and they're writing notes and, and maybe you catch up to the teacher or you have some hallway conversation after the life group yeah. because the teacher is going to talk the entire time. Uh, another style would be facilitator, uh, uh, where, where the, to facilitate, the teacher explains and asks questions and, and kind of gets that discussion going. Uh, there's a conversational style where where somebody's going to read and everybody shares insight. Mm-hmm. So we we switch more. It's kind of a spectrum from one person teaching, shifting all the way to everybody kind of teaches themselves mm-hmm. a little bit. The last one would be interactive, where where the teacher's going to set it up. This would be a different style and uh, inter- interactive. Maybe there's some some way to set up like a David and Goliath mm-hmm. scene, you know, and, right. and kind of help people to see like we were in the trenches mm-hmm. a- afraid and there was one that, that rose up. Um, teacher sets up an experience for members to learn. Uh, we're, you're looking at maps. You're, you know, that that's kind of that's some people's style. Some people can do that really good yeah. on a weekly basis. And uh, so whatever your style, there's, there's plenty of others, whatever your style is, you need to use that as a, I mean, that's your strength. You want to use that. But I would also say one style kind of gets old after a while yeah. and, and your, your members of your life group to, to hold attention and to, to continue to facilitate learning and life, life uh, growth, I guess you could say mm-hmm. spiritual growth. Um, you might need to switch to different styles at different times. Yeah. Maybe it's just a week where, Instead of lecture, we're going to go complete conversational. Maybe we go back after that lecture, and we're just we're just dialoguing about what we learned last week. Yeah, and even even those you know those things you mentioned, you can kind of mix and match them in one in one setting. You know, yeah, lecture, right. question and answer, that kind of thing. But I think attention span is really tough to oh, to manage a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I know we struggle with that with sermons and even teaching. Um, I think the average attention span of an adult is like. 14 minutes. So, right, I mean, that's, right. uh, you know, put that in perspective of a 45 minute class or an hour class. And, right. um, you got some work to do to keep their attention. Absolutely. So. Especially after, if, if you're follow, if your life group follows a worship service, they've just heard a sermon. Correct. And they're coming into your life group room and sitting down and hearing another lecture. You know, sometimes that can be difficult. Or, uh, or if your life group is before, you know, they're going to, mm-hmm. you know, they're, I guess you still got more attention then. Um, so that's, you, you I want you to think about that. What's your style and what are some styles that maybe you could try to use in the future? And then let's talk about what every Bible study needs. So if there was an outline for, you know, how to do life group, and this is not a prescription for you. I want you to do 
what you feel like God's leading you to do, but I also want to give you a tool. And so um, if it was me leading a life group, always begin with prayer. Sometimes, uh, you know, we sit around and talk, we open up the word. Sometimes we forget about prayer. That's funny, but it happens. Um, begin with prayer. Ask God again, just like you did in your study time, your preparation. Open up our hearts and our minds to, to hear the word. Um, obviously, we want to focus on the scripture. So uh, take some time to read that passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done that. I think in in some sermons I've done, um, you, you you set up with the, you know, your opener and then all of a sudden I'm at the first point and I haven't even read the passage yet. I've, yeah. I've uh, uh, alluded to it, mm-hmm. you know, but I haven't even read it. So take some time and read through that that passage that you're focusing on. Share some insights. And this may be your one, two, three point. Uh, look, what here's what's going on in this context like we're talking about. And then uh, always have at least one application. Mm-hmm. How does this, how does this, how do we bridge that gap from, uh, early church or ancient world context to the year 2020. Yeah. So, um, and then, but then end with prayer for members. Uh, some of the most powerful Bible studies I've been a part of, we, we dug into the scriptures and then we, we, and we allowed ourselves enough time to do this, had intentional prayer, like you're sharing requests Mm -hmm. and we pray specifically for each one of those requests. And sometimes that list was kind of long and it took a while. Um, but pray for your members. Yeah. I think that's a powerful point of your life group. I do too. And I think what you're saying is so true. Prayer cannot be understated in Bible study because the more we pray, the more we're going to understand, the yeah. more we're going to, yeah. you know, all those things are going to come clear. And when we're praying for one another, man, so, so good. Yeah. And as always, there there are issues that come up when you're leading Bible studies. Um, sometimes you have difficult people that that dominate conversation and how to deal with that? Maybe we'll do a a, a whole podcast on how to deal. Yeah, with I think we've talked about maybe people. doing something like that. I think that's one coming later. Um, you know, having consistency in your your Bible study and your life group sometimes it's hard, especially now. Uh, but but really, just uh, doing the work, whatever it takes. You know, like like groups now are doing Zoom and meeting in person. Mm. You know, and that's 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 going to help your consistency, which is going to make everything better yeah. for, for your life group. And then one that that we don't always think of in life groups, uh, sometimes it comes up as an issue, is just having sound doctrine. You know, and and that's really important. It goes back to your preparation of um, observation. We spend, spend time, a little time observation, but then we jump to application, mm-hmm. and sometimes we miss the, the sound doctrine yep. if we don't dig into interpretation. That's right. And um, and you need to really think about that. If we're not careful, especially you get in the book of Acts, say for instance, um, you're going to see where these works of the Holy Spirit come in, and they're awesome. And we crave that these right. days. We we want to see what the early church got to see. Yeah. But there was a, a purpose for that, and and um, not that our our current doctrine is what help me with this, what we should use to maybe interpret scripture because scripture came before that, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the context we're in, but it, it scripture helps us to interpret if properly interpreting scripture. That's what I'm trying to say. Builds a healthy doctrine. That's right. Yeah. And, and so uh, you really have got to spend some time on that interpretation of scripture, get some good resources. Um, 
there are some people, I, I guess this is going to go out to the world wide web, but so we got to be careful, but there are some people that we probably don't want you to be studying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you have to be careful. You got to be careful with that. Just really know. And, and maybe that's something where we're, we're a point of resource because, yeah. you yeah. know, we live in that world a little bit more than the, you know, because we're we're constantly doing this, but um, yeah, I think you got to be real careful who you read and who you study, and mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and know that that who you're reading is is doing the things we've talked about on a level, you know, that they're correctly dividing the word of truth and yeah. correctly, yeah. you know, interpreting yeah. this, interpreting the scripture too. So most um, of them are good, but there are some out there. And, yeah, and just check if you have a question about it. Just check in with us, yeah. and uh, we we can help you out with that. Um. If y'all have any questions or, or comments or some feedback about Bible study and some things that we didn't get to cover today, uh, just let us know. We, we always love yeah. to hear your feedback as life group leaders, and we love what you're doing and, and greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and we want to help you. I mean, best we can. And sometimes, really, truly, Bible study can be overwhelming in right, teaching a, right. a Bible lesson. So uh, we want to be a resource to you. If we can help, just just contact the church office or yep. email us, um, Kevin or Cody at at um, northmonroe.com. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'd love to help you out. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up uh, episode three of Making Life Groups Great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.